freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, October 30th, 2011. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we have a great show lined up here for you today that is going to be absolutely information-packed. Okay, it's going to be very ambitious. We have a lot to cover. Uh, With that aim in mind, I'd like to uh, suggest that everyone go up to whatonearthishappening.com and take a look on the radio show page. If you're listening by podcast, it will be uh, podcast number 83. This is the 83rd What on Earth is Happening show. But you will see underneath the player on the radio show or posted with the podcast images for the show as links, as numbered links. Okay, And uh, these links will bring up images that show you um, visually some of the concepts and ideas that we're going to be talking about here on the show today. Today's show is going to be all about the, the difference, the dichotomy between natural law which is something that we've been covering over the last like 10 weeks here on the show, and man's law. How these two things completely contrast with each other and absolutely actually have very little to do with each other. And for new listeners, I'm going to suggest that this isn't a topic that you want to introduce yourself to this show or to my work through because... If you don't have the prerequisite information, meaning all of the 82 previous podcasts that I've uh, done, the the 82 previous shows, this information may sound shocking or extreme without that prerequisite knowledge. Again, prerequisite just means required beforehand. So this show is built upon earlier knowledge that I have laid out in the previous shows. So if you're new to the show, my recommendation as always is to start at the beginning and go back to podcast number one. It's all archived 
on my site, whatonearthishappening.com, on the podcast section, and begin from there. Uh, I also have a couple of quick announcements, not about events today, but about things going on with uh, uh, myself in this radio show. Um, I was recently interviewed, this is just posted to the news section of the website, uh, by Chris Gio and Cherie of Truth Frequency Radio, another uh, show here on Oracle Broadcasting. Uh, you can now hear that interview. It's posted to my news section. It's also posted to truthfrequencyradio.com. So uh, did a great show with them uh, about a week and a half ago, and that is now uh, available. And I also did a show on Down the Rabbit Hole with uh, Popeye of federaljack.com. And that interview is now available. That interview is uh, really taking off and hitting a lot of other places, including wearechange.org. It was just posted to the homepage of We Are Change. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, I was uh, talking about some interviews I had recently done on some other radio shows. Truth Frequency, uh, that's posted to the news section, as well as uh, a new interview I did with Popeye of federaljack.com on his show, Down the Rabbit Hole. And... Um, that, I, as I said, just uh, was posted to wearechange.org. It's actually right up on the home page of uh, We Are Change. We Are Change's main site. So I was happy to, to see that, and uh, hopefully people will get the information and, and uh, do further research on their own as a result. Uh, a couple other uh, good, good uh, announcements that I have for, for people. This Wednesday, November 2nd, I'm going to be interviewed by Bob Tuscan on The Bob Tuscan Show right here on Oracle Broadcasting. Bob's a good friend, does a great show, puts out a lot of great information, and it's always a pleasure to go on his show live. So uh, this Wednesday, in the middle of the week, November 2nd, I'll be on the Bob Tuscan Show. And a really great um, announcement. Uh, I'm extremely excited to be able to make this uh, announcement on the air this week. In As a uh, wrap-up for our discussion of natural law, and that's, uh, you know, assuming that I get through the material that I want to get through today. But as like a crescendo to all of this, I'm going to be bringing on a very special guest next week. Just confirmed with me to uh, be on on the November 6th edition of What on Earth is Happening to talk about natural law. Larkin Rose, one of the speakers from the Free Your Mind conference and uh, one of my influences because his information completely overlaps with mine. Uh, everyone can learn a whole lot from Larkin and the information that he puts forward. He's also a great writer, uh, has put out some, uh, many books, and uh, be talking with him about that as well. So you could check out Larkin's website at larkinrose.com to get familiar with him and his material. And uh, you can listen to a full two-hour interview with Larkin Rose right here next week on What on Earth is Happening. So... That being said, I say let's jump right into the material. Again, the images I'm going to be talking about are posted to What on Earth is Happening on the radio show if you're list radio show page if you're listening live today or with the podcast, which would be number 83. So here we go. 
Today's show is about the difference between natural law and man's law. Now, over the past 10 weeks or so, all we've been talking about is natural law as the ultimate solution, as what we need to deeply understand if we are going to make any evolutionary progress forward as a species and get out of the mess that we are in right now in consciousness, okay? We need to understand the workings of nature and how we are creating the experiences that we must experience through our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions, and our own free will choices between the two basic polarities that are in this universe, which is the force of love and the force of fear. Love expands consciousness and opens us up to understanding, and fear shuts consciousness down and makes us ignore, exist in a state of ignorance of natural law. So, you can go back to all the previous shows on natural law and get caught up with that material to understand that natural law is ultimately the one main solution, the hidden knowledge, that which has been occulted from human eyes for so long that we need to have a firm grasp on that we need to know how it works, how it operates, and that we need to live in harmony with it if we're going to prosper or have any level of prosperity as far as the human species is concerned and the conditions that we live in. If we do not wish to experience self-imposed suffering, which is what we're going through right now, the force that stands in complete antithesis and opposition to the understanding and harmonization with natural law and its principles is man's law. The laws of man are set up in direct contravention to the understanding of natural law. And I'll explain that as we go forward. The first thing we need to have a firm grasp on is what are the differences between law, meaning natural law or law with a capital L, and man's law, lowercase l, the imposter to natural law, that the control systems of this planet want us to accept and believe in as the same thing, in place of the real thing, okay? Obfuscation, as we talked about in the past, as the first method of mind control. So, looking at slide number one, I'm just stating that it is important to know the difference between natural law, which I put in all capital letters, all uppercase, tell people to understand this is the critical and real thing that needs to be understood, versus man's law, which I deliberately placed there in all lowercase letters, tell people to understand that this is the imposter. This is the thing that they're trying to put in place of the real thing. On slide number two, I'm building a basic chart here to help people to understand the differences between natural law and man's law. Natural law, as we have seen over the past many weeks and throughout this radio show, is based upon principles, first things. That's what principles means. We looked at the principles that natural law was based upon, okay? We called it um, the principles of natural law the governing principles, the foundational principles. 
There were seven of them, and we went through them on a past show. You can get that in the podcast archive, okay? Principles are things which are foundational. This is what we have to build upon, and the foundation has to be true. It has to be firm. It has to be strong. It has to be based in truth. That's what a principle ultimately is. Something that is based in truth that if you build upon that foundation can do no harm in the future as you build upon that firm, solid, true foundation. That's what a principle is. Okay? Man's law, on the other hand, is not grounded or based in principles. It is grounded and based in something called dogma. Dogma is unchallenged belief in something that someone has been told is true. This is why we have religious dogma. Okay, A religion tells somebody this is the way that it is, that this is true, and then expects people who adhere to that religion to unquestioningly accept and comply to that tenet of that religion. That's what dogma is. It is unchallenged, unquestioned belief in something that has been told, not something that someone knows through direct experience of a thing, but through secondhand information that has been communicated to them, often for an ulterior motive. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Okay, everyone, we're back on what on earth is happening. I'm going to jump right back into the information. The difference between natural law and man's law, which is the main discussion point for today's show. A little bit later, we're going to be getting into the difference between true responsibility and the abdication of responsibility and how this totally connects in with our free will to bring a positive future into manifestation for humanity or to ultimately have humanity keep going down this path that will inevitably lead to nothing but more and more suffering and finally uh, humanity's extinction in one form or another. So we looked at law, natural law, capital L law, as being based in principles, true things, Fundamental axioms that are not just beliefs, but are actually based in truth and knowledge that can do no harm because they are true. Simply the way things actually are, which we've again talked about over the past 10 weeks or so. Man's law, on the other hand, is based in dogma or unchallenged belief. Not necessarily knowledge or truth, but just a belief system. Now, you can believe in things that are also happen to be true, but if your approach is belief, not determining whether something is actually the case or not, if you just readily accept something as true and believe it, that's basically dogmatic. 
That means that you are willing to go along with what someone else feels to be true. You didn't actually check into it for yourself. You see, the true harmonization with natural law is not about accepting anything. It's about discovery. As we've said, that's what it's all ultimately about. In the first section that I talked about natural law, it is about discovery of something that exists. The only reason people think it's about acceptance is because they're so stuck in these dogmatic ways of thinking that want to tell you that it isn't about natural law or that maybe even natural law doesn't exist. And that dogmatic system has to be rejected so that natural law can be accepted. But it doesn't matter whether we accept natural law or not. Again, as I've said many times, it is always working. It is always in effect, regardless of whether it is accepted or not. It is about discovering its principles and then harmonizing with those principles. And the harmonization with it is often about unlearning what we think we know. From, it is about freeing our minds from dogmatic belief systems that are keeping us from the recognition, from the discovery, from the understanding of natural law. And therefore, the solution can never be implemented. Natural law is always voluntarily harmonized with. Voluntarily harmonized with. By way of knowledge and understanding. I'll say that one more time. Natural law is always voluntarily harmonized with. By way of knowledge and understanding. That is the way we come to living in harmony with natural law. We have to make a discovery that is based in truth. Through, through that, we acquire knowledge. And then understanding is the acceptance of that knowledge and, and knowing how it all fits together and works. Understanding would be about truly recognizing the way the expressions of natural law worked, which we talked about in past weeks. The real law of attraction. The real law of cause and effect or karmic principles. When we understand that, that's how we come into harmony with natural law. It's a process of acquiring knowledge, converting knowledge into understanding, then ultimately acting upon that knowledge and understanding. And that's what wisdom actually is. So that's how we harmonize with natural law. Man's law, on the other, on the other hand, is not harmonized with. See, it's, since it is based in violence... Since it is based on coercion, okay, it is only involuntarily complied with. People only do ever come into compliance with the laws of man because they fear the consequences of not doing so. So it is complied with only due to fear of punishment, one of the lowest levels of consciousness that one can ever operate at. Fear of punishment is based in fear, the force that shuts consciousness down. It shuts understanding down. You can never grasp how natural law works if you're in fear. And that's what man's law is there to do, to obfuscate the understanding of natural law. By keeping people in fear of the punishment that will result if we don't comply with the laws of man. 
which as we've already talked about, may or may not be in compliance with natural law principles. And we're going to talk about what that means for natural law coming up on this show. What that means for man's law, excuse me. If man's law can is just arbitrary and could be just dictated by the people in control at any given time, it's temporally based, it's based in moral relativism, as we've talked about, and sometimes it complies with natural law, harmonizes with natural law, and other times it does not, what does that mean for man's law? It's going to be a big part of what we talk about here today. The third aspect of natural law that we need to understand is, is that, as we've said in part one on our discussions of natural law, it is immutable, meaning that it cannot be changed. That's what immutable means. Muteo mutere means to change. So immutable means unchangeable. It exists for as long as the universe exists because natural laws are self-existing. Man did not place them into creation. The universe itself, creation itself, placed them into existence. And if you're comfortable using the word God, you go right ahead and use that word. I have no problem with the word God put these natural laws here. I have no problem with that at all. Some people have a problem with that concept and, you know, want to think there is no higher power than man. Well, good luck with that. But the point here is a higher power put the laws of nature into effect. You want to look at it as nature itself? I call it the underlying intelligence that is responsible for all matter. Whether you want to call that God, that's your choice. But it is the inherent underlying intelligence to all things. The prime mover, if you will. The force that exists and holds everything together and in movement. The giver of movement and measure as it was called in the ancient Mesoamerican systems. It's been called a million different things. But that means that man didn't put it there. And therefore, man is not in the power to change natural law. We're not going to erase natural law's presence from creation. That's not within our power to do so. So this force of natural law will exist for as long as the universe exists. These principles are inherent to creation. And again, that is something that basically either people recognize through discovery and accept on their own, or they struggle forever against them, against that knowledge. They don't want it to be true because they think that means it makes them a prisoner in this domain. And as we've talked about, that is the dark occultist view of natural law. That's why they want to reign in what they see as a prison, not a construct in which anything is possible and anything we want can be created. A veritable paradise, if only we understand natural law and harmonize with it. We'll pick this up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This is What on Earth is Happening.
Welcome back, everyone. This is Up on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Pasco. Today on the show, we're talking about the difference between natural law and the laws of man. We're looking at image number two on the uh, section of 30 slides that I've posted with the radio show for today on whatonearthishappening.com on the radio show page. Or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, these images will be posted with the podcast. So, slide number two, this chart that breaks down the differences, the major differences between natural law and man's law. We were at the uh, bottom row where we were talking about that natural law is immutable and exists for as long as the universe exists. And it is about our discovery of those principles and then putting them into operation in our lives that actually keeps us from experiencing self-inflicted suffering. Law on the other hand, meaning man's law, lowercase l law, changes on the whim of legislators, okay? And we'll get into what that means. If something can change dependent on time, okay, like as an example, alcohol was illegal in the 1920s and it's legal today, okay? On place, okay, there are certain things you can do in England that you can't do in Iraq, there are certain things that you can do in uh, the Netherlands that you can't do in America. So how could this possibly be? How could this be the case? If law is supposed to be based upon a system of morals about determining right from wrong, the difference between right and wrong, which was another whole show where we talked about the difference, what the actual definition be and differences between right and wrong is. If man's law can waver so wildly when it comes to what is right or wrong, depending on time and place and other variables, the preferences and the likes or dislikes of the legislators who are making it up, again, I'm using that term very deliberately, making it up, then how could it possibly be based in a, tr in a truth, in any form of truth? Truth is unwavering. It exists. It is not subject to the whims of uh, an interpreter, an arbiter. It's what is. Okay? It doesn't make a difference whether we like it or don't like it. And that's what natural law is based in. Now, if man's law is not based in truth, and it is based only on the whims of the legislators, then it cannot be a true reflection of Morality, it cannot be a true reflection of any sort of moral understanding of the true understanding of the difference between right and wrong. Therefore, it must be based in moral relativism. Must. This is only this only logically follows. Because if it was not based in moral relativism, all the laws of the world would be exactly the same everywhere. Now, that necessarily might mean that they might all be incorrect and based on non-truths, but the point here being is if you have certain things that are able to be done in certain places with no repercussions, no consequences, and in other places they would get you thrown into a cage, there can, these, these arbitrary dictates cannot possibly be based in truths because truth is not open to interpretation. Truth is eternal. 
it is based in the laws of nature and vice versa. The laws of nature are based in truth. Knowing that the laws of man must be based in some form of moral relativism, we talked about the dynamic that moral relativism leads to. And moral relativism only ever leads to more chaos in society. And for those who didn't hear those shows, you want to go back and listen to the shows I did about the um, On Liberty essay by Aquinas and the breakdown of the concepts that were contained in there, which so eloquently help people get to the understanding that if a society bases itself in any form of moral relativism, it can never create true good or true order or anything that resembles true freedom. It is not possible. So this is the big differences. These are the big differences between natural law and man's law and why man's law is so dangerous. It's not the thing that's creating any kind of good or order, true order, or any protection for us in society. As a matter of fact, when you understand what it's there to do, it is there to eternally attempt to keep us away from the true recognition and understanding of natural law and its principles. That's why it's so sinister. Man's law is one of the most sinister forces on the earth because it comes in the semblance of good, in the guise of good. Again, obfuscation. Go back and listen to that section in the previous podcast, the first technique of mind control we covered. Evil never comes showing you its teeth, showing you its horns, okay? It always comes showing you a beautiful, ornate, lovely presence and lovely figure saying, this, this is what you really want. This is going to get you to where you really want to go. And it always takes you in exactly the other direction from that. It has to come in the guise of good, disguised as good. Evil's never going to walk up, sidle right on up to you and tell you, I'm evil. Come down this path. Because you'll tell it to get lost. But if it comes and says, I'll show you everything that you've ever wanted and everything that you uh, want to make happen and give you that capability, and this is all going to create real, true order, then, of course, you'll follow it. See, people would say, well, then how do you know that's not what this is all about, trying to take people down the path of evil? They'll always make that argument. And that's where discernment comes into play. That's where doing the homework yourself comes into play. That's where it's not about dogmatic belief. I told people from day one, the worst thing you could ever do is believe me. You need to understand this for yourself. And the, the more savvy among us would recognize in that middle row there on this chart, when I talked about harmonization with natural law, okay, this is all about the process of how to know anything and how that has been occulted as much as natural law has been occulted by the d dark occultists and dominators of this world. Because anybody that's even the slightest bit savvy that heard the words that I used, knowledge, understanding, and then ultimately putting those into practice, which is wisdom, will recognize those as the three steps of the trivium, which is what we're going to talk about next on what on earth is happening. Because this is the process for 
How do we get to the true understanding of anything? How do we acquire real knowledge? How do we get to truth? So that we can then put it into practice and as a result, truly do good, truly do no harm, truly create order. It isn't about believing in those things or just thinking that, oh, we can do it this way. It's about knowing how that process works. And you can't truly ultimately have any knowledge and know that it's not going to do any kind of harm in how you're using it, how you're putting it into practice without a process in place that shows you this is actually how you come to the awareness that this is based in truth, that this is based in principle, and that when you put this into practice, it can do no harm. And that process was something that people were taught in the ancient world, and it's been removed. We're going to talk about that a lot, about what that process is. That's coming up next again, as I've said, on what on earth is happening. We'll have people who have studied this in depth. Hopefully, we'll bring them on and interview them. Again, I'm bringing on Larkin Rose next week because I feel this is one of the gentlemen that has one of the most profound and firm grasps on natural law than anyone I've ever heard talk about this topic. There are many others too, but he's, he's local to my area. I've seen him speak personally many times and read one of his books, and I just think he has a very firm handle on this. So, you know, that was the first person whose name popped into my head to interview on this topic. So maybe we'll bring people on like Jan Irvin to talk about the trivium when we get into that deeply. Or Bob Tuscan, I know, has done a lot of work with the trivium. like to bring him on the show as well. So we'll have some people who have delved into this process and know how it works and know how it's been occulted, which is the most, that's one of the most important things to understand. More than that, know why it has been occulted. Okay, so... In the next three slides, you could just look at, they correspond to the three rows. That natural law is based in principle and not dogma. It is harmonized with, not complied with due to fear, and it is immutable or unchanging, not subject to the whims of people. In the next three slides. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Alright everyone, we're back. This is What on Earth is Happening. The topic for discussion today is natural law versus man's law. We went over the chart about the differences between these two things. That was slide number two on the radio show page or posted with the podcast. Images three, four, and five, as I said before the break, are illustrations of these concepts. Uh, three shows Gandhi and then a stack of law books and a judge's gavel, okay, which uh, illustrate the difference between principles, a man of principle who was attempting to put the truth into practice in life, which is what this life is actually all about, versus dogma, which is all about just the acceptance of 
what somebody else has told you is the way things are and going along to get along. Slide four shows the difference between true harmonization with knowledge, harmonization with natural law through knowledge and understanding. And again, I'm going to talk about the word knowledge a little bit more because this concept when it comes to natural law and when it comes to the understanding of the difference between natural law and man is all about knowledge. And there will be solipsists out there who will say nothing can truly be known. That will always be brought up when it comes to this. When I talked about the trivium process, you know that will always elicit this notion that the truth cannot actually really be known. And we cannot know what the laws of nature actually are. That somehow the universe is an eternal torture device that we're placed into and we can never actually not actually know how it operates and functions. And this is bunk. Bunk. There is such a thing as knowledge. It exists and it is knowable. The end. That's the truth. Because the biggest lie is just that. The knowledge cannot be known. Now, I'm not, I've never said we're going to come to know the totality of the mind of God. That's not what I'm talking about when I talk about knowledge. I'm talking about how effects come into being through causality. That is what I'm talking about when it comes to knowledge and how things work, how things are manifested, how the, the interaction between cause and effect works in the real world. I'm not talking about getting into the mind of God and how the universe was actually created and why it exists, etc., so forth. Yeah, maybe there are some things we will never get to a full understanding of, but natural law can be understood. We have to understand what natural law is. Again, it is the method through which we create the experiences that we must undergo. That's what natural law actually is. How it expresses in our life can be understood, can be harmonized with. But you know what? It's called work. It's called doing work to get to that understanding. It doesn't just magically pop on in our brains. There is work required and a process of internal transformation required to get to that understanding. And oh, yes, it can be known. So this image on the left here is, is an image that represents knowledge, true understanding, and then harmonizing with those natural laws to put them into effect and that's called wisdom. That's what the image on the left in slide four represents. Slide four on the right-hand side represents the person in a perpetual state of fear. This is what the image in mind of going against the laws of man is all about. I'm worried that I'll end up here. I'm worried I'll end up in a cage. I'm fearful. See, going back to knowledge for a moment, talk understand the difference between these two states of mind is that the being on the left is going to do the right thing regardless of what happens in the physical do domain. He's going to do it because he knows, not because he thinks or believes or imagines, because he knows definitively that it is right. I'm raising my voice deliberately. 
Because sometimes these things have to be hammered into people, hammered in, because they're so under mind control and so reluctant. And I'm not saying that raising my voice will do that, but I'm doing it for effect. This is the way that it actually is. And if you want to say you don't know every single in and out of it, well, guess what? Not one person does know the totality of it. That's not what it's about. You know what it's about? It's about understanding it well enough to put it into practice such that you do no harm in the world. There is such a thing. There is such a concept. You should look into, I like how Terrence McKenna actually worded this in some of his um, lectures and presentations. He said there is such a concept called true enough. True enough. That if you get bogged down in trying to understand every single solitary little tiny, tiny minutia of something, you lose sight of the forest for the trees. You're studying the vein in the leaf and you're not understanding the connection of that wonderful tree to the forest around it, to the living planet that made it possible. And to life itself. You're not seeing the totality of the picture, the big picture, by getting focused down in minutia and talking about nothing but conceptual ideas and never bringing that knowledge down to the ground to work with it here on the earth in the plane of manifestation. Understanding how things manifest on the plane of effects through the knowledge of how causal factors work. And that knowledge is knowable, ladies and gentlemen. It is knowable. So, Slide number five shows the difference between eternal truth and something that is inherent to creation that man did not make, but man can come to understand, can come to know and put into practice in his life through a connection with that oneness, through a connection with that divinity within himself, through a connection with the all spirit. And again, the word all spirit is natural, neter all. The word itself contains the concept. Everything comes from that spirit or divine source. And if we make a one-to-one -one connection with that, we can come to understand how that totality operates enough that we can do no harm in the world and create true order in our lives. The right-hand side of this image shows the arbitrary dictates of a dominator slash controller that thinks he's God, thinks that he has authority over other people. And their, their dominator mindset and dictates is what creates the moral relativism that is inherent in man's law system. So moving on to what does this actually mean once we know what natural law is about, slide six reiterates two very important concepts. If we are to know unambiguously what natural law is and what how it affects things in our lives. One is that a living being must be harmed or defrauded in order for a violation of natural law rights to have taken place. Must be 
a living being, not an, a, an artificial entity, a contrived entity, a construct that exists in the mind, an actual flesh and bone living being must be harmed in order for a violation of natural law rights to have been to have occurred. Therefore, if there is no harm against another living being and there is no proof of harm, no natural law violation has taken place. And this is the, another difference between man's law and natural law. There must be an actual victim or a person, a being, who has been harmed in order for a natural law violation to have taken place. And for anybody to be able to do anything to that being who's being accused of that harm. Man's law, on the other hand, can lock people up who have never actually harmed another living being. You could be thrown into a cage because you did something that has no victim, but that the state claims that's not moral to do. And it's only a claim. And then people believe in that claim and act upon it because of the, quote, semblance of good. They're being told this is the right thing to do. Told. And then they accept it. And that's called dogma. And the word dogma is also very telling. Because again, the people that they get to follow their arbitrary dictates and lock people up in cages, these occult is called their dogs. We'll pick this up on is what on earth is happening. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're into the second hour, so I want to give the call-in number. I'm not going to make any promises, but I'm going to try to get to the phones in the later part of the show. Once again, a lot of material to cover here today. But if there's time, if time allows, we will i uh, get to a couple of calls. So the call-in number, 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. Uh, be patient. I will attempt to get to uh, some calls in the last couple of segments. So going back to the slides on the radio show page, what, well, we were looking at the two concepts that need to be kept in mind uh, about natural law, that in order for a natural law violation to have taken place, a living being must be harmed or defrauded, a flesh and blood living being. The second concept here is that rights do, that do not exist for any individual can never be granted by man's law to any other individual or to any group of individuals. So, wrongs are not transferable. Nobody can give somebody the right to do a wrong is what's being said here. So if I can't take what somebody else earns, I can't give that right to any body of people, to any other individual or to any body of people. No one can be given a moral wrong and say, you're allowed to exercise this moral wrong. That doesn't exist. I don't care if they... if they want it to happen or not, it is still immoral. Even if you agree, I'm, I'm giving you this right. That doesn't make it right. I'm, I'm allowing you to do this wrong. That never converts the wrong into a right. Even if everybody agreed. 
See, this is this whole concept. What if people actually agree with and want this condition? That doesn't make it right. You're still abdicating personal responsibility to know the truth and live within natural laws parameters. Which is what we're going to be talking about. What is responsibility and what is the abdication of responsibility? That's totally connected with these notions. So what does all of this mean for man's law? What, what, when it comes down to it, if we truly deeply understand natural law and make it our goal to harmonize with it, well, what does that mean for the laws of man? All of these written scribbles and law books throughout the world, what does this all mean? The chart in image number eight sets forward what it really ultimately means. And again, there will be many people who will be upset with this, think that this is all so extreme because they don't have a wide enough view. They don't have a high enough view in consciousness. They haven't taken in the totality of the picture, of the big picture, when it comes to what's really going on here on earth and how natural law is continuously being eroded and obfuscated by these, quote, laws put into place by man. So the table here, this chart set up very simply puts forward an if-then statement. If it is true that man's law is in harmony with nature's law, let's say man writes down a law, okay, and that's totally in harmony with natural law, meaning it does no harm. It is based in moral principles and truth. Well, then it follows that. It logically follows that. It is a redundancy. It is stating what is already pre-existing and self-evident, or what I should say should be self-evident. Now, in the modern day, natural law is certainly not self-evident to the majority of the ignorant people in this world. We need to make it self-evident by continuously speaking it and putting it out there for people. It follows then that man's law is therefore unnecessary because it is a redundancy. It states what is already pre-existing and self-evident. We'll get back into this chart on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Don't go anywhere. Okay, we're back. This is What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Podcasting. We're looking at slide number eight, which shows the an if-then statement about what it means, what man's law ultimately means in light of natural law. So if we understand that man's law is in harmony with natural law, it is simply a redundancy or stating what is already pre-existing, not made by man, and self-evident, like gravity. Man doesn't have the power to change the law of gravity being in operation. It's a natural law. We are bound by it. We might invent some form of technology to temporarily counter the effect but that doesn't mean that the law isn't still there, okay? That force is still present, even if a technology can temporarily allow us to countermand it for a time, okay? So 
gravity is self-evident on the earth. Something that is thrown up is going to come down, period. You let go of something, it falls down toward the center of mass of the earth. It does not fall up. It's self-evident. You don't really need to continuously state that gravity is in operation for people to know if you drop a glass, release a glass out of your hand, it's going to fall to the ground and break. That's self-evident. Unless somebody is like, you know, slow or something, meaning mentally, truly mentally challenged or retarded, then they're not really going to get it. And that's how I often think of this race of beings called humanity. They're really broken in some form or another because of their reluctance to see that natural law is in effect. It governs human behavior. They're powerless to change it. All they need to do is accept the law of one and understand that as one suffers, all suffer. The golden rule do unto others as you would have done to you. Period. The end. It's that simple. And yet people will challenge that from now until the end of time because they think they're God. They think they know better than God. They think they're going to countermand the laws of the creator and get away with it. They think they are the arbiters of truth. And that's what a solipsist ultimately is, an arbiter of truth. Oh, no, I'll make the determination as to whether uh, anything is pre-existing in the world other than my likes or preferences or dictates. See, that's what man wants to do. That's what this is all ultimately about, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't gotten that yet that man thinks he is going to be God and he's going to get to determine what natural law is and if it exists or not. And he's going to do whatever he wants to do. The lowercase w will. You're going to counter man forever. The capital W will of creation itself. That's why we're in a prison. That's why this is a prison planet. That's what we're here to learn. We're not God. We're not going to counteract the laws of creation just because we don't like them being in effect. And that's exactly what the dark occultist mindset is. So if that's how you think, you are in the same mindset of the occultists who actually are your owners. And again, you can go back to that Carlos Castaneda quote where he talks about the predator, the predatory system, where the, the truest, the greatest trick of the dominators, of the predators of this planet was to give us their way of thinking. I've read that on the show in the past. You know, and part of what I want people to understand is that it doesn't matter what we currently think about these things. What's going on in our mind has nothing to do with whether natural law is in creation, is in effect or not. We have to recognize that ultimately, ultimately, yes, we have free will, but the free will decision is only whether we are going to come to the realization that we are living in a holistic system that is based upon law, capital L, and whether we are going to harmonize with those principles by which this entire creation operates. If we're not going to do that, we're going to suffer eternally, 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 okay? And this is exactly how Buckminster Fuller put it. He said, we're living in a dark ages prison that has no steel bars, chains, or locks. 
Instead, it is locked by misorientation and built upon misinformation, caught up in a plethora of conditioned reflexes and driven by the human ego. Both warden and prisoner attempt meagerly to compete with God. All are intractably skeptical of what they do not understand. We are powerfully imprisoned in these dark ages simply by the terms in which we have been conditioned to think. It is all about mind control. We need to break that program. That's the solution. So going back to this chart, which many people who are under mind control will refuse to, under, to understand and take into themselves and understand that it's true. If natural law is in harm, if ma man's law is in harmony with natural law, it is redundant and therefore unnecessary. It is, there is no reason to state what is already pre-existing and self-evident. But again, the problem is it's not self-evident. We need to make it self-evident. It needs to become common sense which is conscience, con-sense, conscience, con-science, knowledge together, knowing together is what common sense means, okay? Knowing together, not believing, not thinking, knowing. If man's law is in opposition to natural law, it follows that it is both false and immoral. That's what natural law is. It's based in truth and moral good. So if it's in opposition, if man's law is written down and it is in opposition to natural law, it follows immediately. It is not true. It is false. And it is not good. It is immoral. So if it's based in violence, if you set down anything that is taking free will away from somebody else. What they here, let's look at the example, putting a substance into your body that someone has deemed off limits for human consumption and experimentation with. That's somebody else saying I own your body, I own your mind. Because if you want to experiment with consciousness, no, that's not okay. This is a law based in violence, saying you're taking a voluntary action that you're not coercing anybody else into doing this. You're voluntarily doing it, and I'm telling you, no, you may not do it, or I'm going to physically harm you or put you away in a box someplace unless you agree to stop continuing to do it. You have a right to put what you want into your body. Right. It's not a privilege. It's a right that's self-existing, that needs to be understood that right needs to be understood and it needs to be known that it is totally self-evident that this right exists. Anybody that doesn't understand that you are the owner of your body and you can make the argument all you want that God owns everything. I get all of that. Okay. I'm talking about while you're in incarnation, you are the steward of the vehicle that you call your body. You have a right to put you want into it, what you want into that body. As long as you're not harming anyone by doing that act. So this is what a law that is false and immoral is. And if it's based in those conditions, no one can be bound by it. We'll finish this part up on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Okay, we're back. This is What on Earth is Happening. Jumping right back into the material for today. 
We were talking about what if man's law is in opposition to natural law, if it completely ca uh, contravenes morality. Well, then it is both false and immoral. And therefore, it cannot be binding upon anyone. No one can force somebody to go along with something that they know to be false and immoral. That itself is against natural law. So in light of this information, that whether man's law is in harmony with natural law or it is not in harmony with natural law, one way or another, it ends up being unnecessary and ultimately irrelevant, as I've written on slide number nine. Man's law has nothing to do with anything that's truly, really going on. Only natural law does. We need to come to the knowledge and understanding of natural law. That's the ultimate solution. This is why this is part one of my solutions section, this whole past 10 weeks or so. Without this understanding, humanity is done, period. That's it. That's what we have to learn. That's part of the lesson. We don't understand what natural law is, how it operates, and how we can harmonize with it. The species is done. Un understand that. Know it. Know it. Okay? So, why do we have all of these conceptions of man's law as being something that are actually good and that can lead to order, that can lead to the elimination of suffering? When we know through the deep comprehension and understanding of natural law that it can never do any of those things, that only the understanding of natural law can lead to anything that is good, orderly, or beneficial to humanity. Well, the main reason that we still believe in all of these things is something called government, which is on slide number 10. It is derived from the Latin verb, the word government. The meaning is contained in the word itself. And people that say, oh, you can't judge what a word means today by its derivation through its etymology, you don't understand the power of words. And I'll just leave it at that. That this is how all the forms of control are put into place, verbally, through words. Words are vibratory energy and they have power inherently. The creator is said to have spoken the universe into creation through the power of the word. In the beginning was the word. And this concept is at the beginning of all creation epics, not just in biblical creation epic. It's about vibratory energy that we, everything is made of. Therefore, that sound is going out, reaching someone's ear, being processed by their brain, and then becoming part of their mind if they take it into themselves truly. So what is spoken, we have a responsibility when we speak to attempt as much as it is within our capability to verify that that information we are speaking is the truth. Put it out there so that it can do no harm. To help to enlighten people. And help them to understand that natural law exists and harmonization with it is 
of the utmost importance if we're going to evolve as a species. So the word government literally means mind control. It is derived from the Latin verb governo and the infinitive form of governo is governare, to control. And the Latin noun mens mentis, which is the end part of it, ment. Mens mentis means mind. So literally the word government means to control the mind. It is mind control. So people who know what I talk about would think, well, then you don't believe there should be any government. And that's true, but it's also false. I believe there must be government, but not externally imposed government imposed through coercion and violence. There needs to be internal government, meaning one must learn to control one's own mind and harmonize with the principles of natural law. I am my own government. I control my own mind. Therefore, I am a monarchy and no one else owns me or rules me. I am sovereign. I know how to control my own mind. I know how to control my own actions. I am the steward of those things while I am in this body. I am the owner of those things. No one else owns my mind. And that cannot be said for every other person. Because, the, because of what people believe and are willing to act on, it literally means that someone else is in control of their mind. They are, they are living a program, a programmed existence that has been programmed into them. And you know what the perfect form of programming is? The perfect programming that someone will never get out of if this is how perfectly they've been possessed, they've been owned by someone else, is the if they believe that there is no such thing as truth and there is no way to actually know the truth. That is solipsism. Go back to show number one when I talk about this. And no, that is the perfectly programmed mind. That's what it is. That's where they want you. And that's satanic, one of the satanic sins as we talked about is solipsism. For them, for these, this elite controlling psychopathic class, they don't, want, they don't believe in solipsism. They know there's a truth. They know natural law exists. Believe me, they know it. I worked with these people and they know natural law exists. They're just raging against it. And trying to get other people not to understand it to the extent that they can enslave themselves and they can be kings within a prison system, what they consider a prison system. They can be the rulers. Better to rule in hell than serve in heaven is their motto. That's why they don't want natural law understood. And that's why they continue to attempt to externally control other people's mind. All of the minions of government are under mind control. They don't own themselves. They don't own who they are. They don't own their own thoughts. They have accepted dogmatic belief system, which has turned them into a dog, a lap dog for these psychopathic controllers to do their bidding and their will against the will of creation. I know I'm hammering it hard today, folks, but there's very little time left. And it's not an illusion that we have an infinite, that we don't have an infinite amount of time to get this done, to get this transformation in consciousness achieved. That's not an illusion. We have very limited, a very limited amount of time left 
to accomplish that, if we're going to accomplish it. If not, this system is going to clean its plate. Clean its plate. That's what nature's going to do. It only tolerates this level of complete rejection of truth for so long, and then the destroyer arrives in some form or another, always. And that will continue to happen eternally until people get out of this programmed mindset. But it's your choice. It's all about free will, which is what we're going to talk about next. Responsibility and the responsibility to exercise one's free will choices versus the decision to abdicate those free will choices to other people and say, you represent my best interest. Here, do this for me. Do this work for me because they're too ignorant, apathetic, and lazy to do the work for themselves because they don't want to do the work to acquire real knowledge and to seek truth and to change themselves in an internal process of transformation. They want no part of that, the bulk of humanity. And without that, process taking place, you're going to eternally suffer. Eternally suffer. We'll be right back to get deeper into responsibility on the other side. Looking for great talk radio? Okay, we're back. Talking about responsibility versus abdication. Slide number 11. I introduced this. And how we see responsibility is as the foundational basis for the understanding of natural law. Wanting to know because we want to be better, we want to learn, we want to grow, we want to improve, we want to evolve. Evolution is driven through desire to evolve. Ultimately, we are going to, again, be wiped clean if we decide collectively we don't want to evolve. It's a choice. If we say, no, we don't want to evolve, then destruction ultimately results, chaos and destruction and death result, and then we're given another chance to do it right. And that process keeps going and going and going and going until we finally say yes to creation and we say no to the dark force of opposition. The thing that wants to shut consciousness down and prevent the evolution of any species, which is fear. I mean, I mean, this is so simple. It's like to have to say it over and over and over and over, but that's what it's all about. As we'll see, it's all about speech. It's all about the power of words, ladies and gentlemen, all about the power of words. Responsibility. Whenever we as a people hand over our natural law right to use force to create change, okay, to another individual, group, or entity. Again, force not being violence, being the ability to create change, to create anything, really. Force is required. A force is required, okay? Whenever we hand that out away, because we don't want to take that responsibility, we don't want to do that work, we don't want to learn that information or that process 
undergo that process, whenever we hand it away to any other individual, group, or entity, we have abdicated our own personal responsibility. And responsibility is the foundational basis for the discovery and understanding of natural law. So natural law cannot be grasped. It cannot be discovered. It cannot be understood if we abdicate personal responsibility, which means if we do not reserve all of our rights, keep all of our rights with us, say, no, I am not handing over a right and giving it to you and saying, you can use that right in my name. No, I'm not going to do that. If, if we decide, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to abdicate this right. You can have it. I don't need it. I don't want to use it. I don't want that responsibility. That's abdication. Now, let's look for a moment at the word abdication, and I think things will become clear. Ab is a Latin prefix, which means away from or negation, the negation of, not. Okay? And the second part of it is abdict, abdicate, D-I-C. This comes from dicto dictare. And that means to speak. So to abdicate is to stop speaking. It is to go away from speaking. It is to not speak. Think about it. We're talking about the power of words. As I've been getting into over the last couple of weeks, actually, this was a prominent theme last week. Because this is completely connected with nature's laws. These are the laws of vibratory energy, the laws of the word. When we decide we are not going to use our voice to speak what we have discovered to be true or not do that work at all such that we can't speak on what's true or not, that is the abdication of personal responsibility and that responsibility means quite literally in the word, the ability to respond to any given situation that happens to come up on our personal journey of growth, meaning our evolutionary progression. If we do not speak these truths into creation, we lose our ability to respond because we have abdicated it. We have given it up. We have thrown it away. We have cast it aside. So ultimately, through that process of personal, of abdication of personal responsibility, we are enslaving ourselves. And responsibility does not mean I can make enough money to buy this or have this or, or take care of this other person. That's not what real responsibility is. Real responsibility is having the desire to seek and come to know the truth, the laws of nature, and the difference between true difference between right and wrong. That's what responsibility is here, and that's what that's what responsibility is, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're here to learn. 
and the universe will keep just wiping this place out and giving us another chance in small pockets to get it right. It's happened many, many, many times already because we keep refusing and saying, no, we don't want that responsibility. Well, guess what? Nature's law isn't allowing us the chance to refuse learning what responsibility is all about. You have to take it. You're, that's, in that sense, that's where you don't really have free will. Your free will decision is only in how long are you going to refuse it for and continue to suffer? Or will you finally accept this, learn and grow from the experience, and then you can move on and do something else? And then anything's possible. Then you can make out of this construct that we call the material realm whatever you want because it's all based upon the spiritual. And actually, they're really the same thing. They're one and the same. As goes the knowledge of spirit or the all spirit, the natural laws, so goes the physical domain. One is just the realm of manifestation and effects and one is the plane of causality, but they're eternally connected and ultimately one. At the, at the highest fundamental level of consciousness. See, and that's part of duality itself is thinking that these things are separate and, you know, we have to completely reject one in order to know anything about the other and that's not the case. That's the whole, that's what the pr process of, that's what the force of fear wants people to believe and accept that these things aren't integrated the spiritual and the material realms. Because it's all about free will. Whether we will accept personal responsibility to learn and know the truth and then put it into practice in our lives or whether we're going to continue to reject that. And the people who have rejected it the most, and again, this is something people don't want to hear. They want to be apologists for people who lay down their personal responsibility and hand it to another and tell another person that, you own me now. Yeah, you own me. I'm owned by you. I do your bidding. I follow orders. I follow commands. The people in slide number 14, the police and military, the people who are responsible for all of the atro human atrocities that have ever happened in the three-dimensional world that we call the earth. Mass suffering and mass executions and mass graves and all kinds of other human atrocities. You follow it throughout history. Just do the work. Get a long view of history by studying. And you'll see every single place where any complete human tragedy in terms of mass murder has ever taken place, it has always been done by military and police. Yet these people think that they're the people who are doing good. They think that they can do good by abdicating by other people abdicating personal responsibility to them. This is why this dynamic always occurs. For the very reason that responsibility is being abdicated. That's why nature's handing us this scenario and situation of police states throughout time. We as a people don't want to step up and take personal responsibility to protect ourselves. And you know how you do that? You teach natural law. That's how you do that. You teach morality. To the people who think that they're doing any good by being in the military or being in the police, I have this to say directly to you. 
You will never, ever, ever do anything that is good or orderly for society until you stop doing what you are doing and start doing what I am doing. I'm saying that directly. Stop start doing what I'm doing. Learn actual law and teach it. Right back. Okay, folks, last segment for What on Earth is Happening this week. I'm going to try to power through the last half of these slides, which are largely quotes from people who have something to say on the topic of natural law throughout history. Before we do that, I want to talk about one other concept that is in correlation, direct correlation to responsibility, and that is respect. When you look at the last slide that we were on, slide 15, and you see a human atrocity like this, do you think anybody that could have ever done this, any group of people that could have ever done this to another group of living sentient beings had any respect for themselves? Absolutely not. Because again, you have to go to the word. What does respect mean? Re in Latin means again and specto spectare means to take a look at. So respect means to take another look at. And what you need to take another look at is yourself. If you are the believer in human authority, and if you are the believer that control over other people through coercion and violence can ever lead to anything that is truly good or orderly in society. There is something that you do not like about yourself and that is imbalanced within yourself that you do not want to deal with if you think those things. And in order to correct them, you have to be willing to take another look at your perspective, to change your perspective in life. Take another look at your worldview. That's what respect is actually all about. Regarding this creeping police state through the belief that control is ever going to bring anybody safety, Ben Franklin, one of the founding fathers of this country, said those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserves neither and will lose both. If that's how you think, you don't deserve liberty and safety because you have not understood anything about how natural law functions. And ultimately, if you persist in that state of ignorance, you're going to lose both liberty and safety. And slide 15 will show you what that'll look like. Gerald Massey, the Egyptologist, said that they must find it difficult, those who have taken authority as truth, rather than the truth as authority. The truth is the only authority. Human authority, there is no truth in that. We have to take truth as our authority. And that is getting to the understanding of how natural law functions. I can't continue to say that enough. The great researcher David Icke 
This is one of his less known quotations in one of his earlier books, but it's brilliant. He says, accept responsibility for yourself and your actions, thoughts, and words. You alone make choices. You alone are answerable to the consequences of your behavior. The feeble excuse that your boss required it, the establishment expected it, holds no truth or justification. What is the point of even having principles if you allow others to dictate your behavior? That's abdication of personal responsibility. At the end of the day, you will judge your performance and the contribution that you made to creation. It will not be based on what another expected of you or what you did because you felt trapped. This is a big justification. Oh, I had no other choice. Oh, I had to do it for the money. Oh, I had to provide for my family. Oh, I needed the education. On, on, and on, and on, and on. Endless justifications for immorality, for immoral behavior, for following the dictates of psychopathic madmen. Gandhi, perhaps, put it even in a more enlightening way. You assist an evil system most effectively by obeying its orders and decrees. An evil system never deserves such allegiance. Allegiance to it means partaking of the evil. A good person will resist an evil system with his or her whole soul. Let it sink in. Slide number 20, let it sink in. Read it over and over and over again if you have to. That's enlightenment. That's enlightenment. He understood that it's more about what you are, it's more about what you need to stop doing. What you need to stop doing, the negative, the negation. That's what it's more about. It's more about pulling back and refusing to comply, refusing to obey orders and decrees of the system that is there for enslavement. It's, it's so much less about new things we need to do. We need to stop doing things we're already doing that are immoral, that are unethical, that are, that are false, that are not true, that are not based in principle. That's something that this great man understood more than almost everybody. Because through the abdication of free will and personal responsibility, that's how this evil system of domination that is depicted in slides 21, 22, and 23 is going to ultimately create their dark new world order, which is a prison planet, which is a prison society. Only through abdication of free will and personal responsibility can that ever happen. And think about what that means, ladies and gentlemen. That means all of their power is coming from the people who they enslave. They are granting it to these psychopathic controllers through abdicating their free will. And that abdication only leads to one place. And you can see that symbolically in image number 23 that has been locked by the masters. 
as we stated last week and the week before, ultimately, living in harmony with natural law and its principles leads only to peace, freedom, prosperity, survival, and evolutionary progress. While living in opposition to natural law only ever leads to control, enslavement, poverty, war, evolutionary stagnation in consciousness, and ultimately extinction of a species. And that is the bottom line. Those statements are true eternally and are never going to work any other way. That's how natural law functions in a nutshell. Those two slides, that's it. That's what you need to know. You want progress. You want prosperity. You want to survive. You want to grow. You want to evolve. You have to understand and live in harmony with natural law, period, the end. You want to ignore that and think you're going to prosper. You, the joke's on you. The joke's on you because living in opposition to all of those principles only leads to one place and that's death. And this can be symbolically seen, this dichotomy can be symbolically seen in the uh, painting by Alex Gray on slide number 26, which is called Gaia, the spirit of the earth. What's ultimately happening here? It's a choice. It's a choice between understanding the laws of nature or continuing to go along with man's insanity and control freak system. And I think it's very clear which side of the tree depicts which mental condition. Francis Bacon, former grandmaster of the uh, order of the Rose Croix, the Rose Cross, otherwise known as the Rosicrucian order in the uh, early 1600s said that nature to be commanded must first be obeyed. We have to know what nature's laws are and willingly choose to operate in compliance with them, in harmony with them. Otherwise, nothing but suffering is ever going to be created and we're certainly not going to be able to command any of nature's functions. Max Heindel Another Rosicrucian philosopher said that the best way to learn the secrets of nature is not by inventing instruments, but by improving the investigator himself. David Icke said, at its foundation, any guide to freedom needs a thorough knowledge of why and how that freedom has been removed in the first place. Without that, there can be no answers. And I would say, without that knowledge of why and how we're in this situation, through our abdication of personal responsibility and free will, there can be no solutions. Finally, Alfred Alder said, there is a law that man should love his neighbor as himself. In a few hundred years, it should be as natural to mankind as breathing or the upright gate. But if he does not learn it, he must perish. The golden rule is the ultimate law. We'll see you next week on What on Earth is Happening. Take care, folks. <laughs>